0: Amen. Well, we are in the book of Judges, and today we're going we're gonna to look at the life of Gideon. Uh, we're in chapter 7, and in going through the life of Gideon, what we're going to do today is we're going to examine faith. Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to examine faith. And we know one thing about Gideon is that Gideon is actually listed in the hall of faith. And as we look at this in hebrews 11:32 he's listed there for one specific reason because of his faith right because of the faith that he exercised otherwise he wouldn't be listed there with the other men and women of great faith we look at the definition of faith and we can see this here in luke i mean i'm sorry in hebrews in hebrews chapter 11 in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it gives us a definition of faith, and it says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. As we see this, right, we, we look at this and we read this, right, and I want to summarize it to you in this way. Faith is seeing the invisible and doing the impossible. That's what it comes down to. Faith comes down to seeing the invisible and doing the impossible. And this is what the Lord wants to speak to us on as he did an impossible thing through this man, Gideon. Something that, you know what, that is just over the top. Something that can't be done unless God was in it. And so as we look at this, right, we know that, that Gideon did something that was impossible. Basically, amazing. Only because God did it through him. Only because he exercised faith. And I want to talk about this. See, because faith is not reserved for any one individual. It's not reserved just for one individual. It's actually available for all. I want you to know this. I want you to know that these great works that we're going to be talking about, this faith that is exercised, it's available for all. It is something that we can all walk in. It is something that we can all do. It is something that we can all accept. It's up to us whether we want to be men and women of faith. And God is looking for men and women of faith. God is saying that all I need is a man or a woman that has the faith the size of a mustard seed. Small faith. And even if you have that little faith, I will do great things through you. I'm going to do powerful stuff through you. And as we... See the life of Gideon as we're going to examine Gideon and his faith today. We're going to see that God met Gideon where he was. God knew his weaknesses. God knew his shortcomings. And God was going to do a great thing through Gideon. And the same is for us. God will not disappoint us when we take steps of faith. Even through the fears of Gideon as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fears of Gideon. You know what, that even God, that God would even move through his fears. We knew that Gideon was always looking at his circumstances. God moved through his circumstances. We know that Gideon had doubts, and God moved through his doubts. Gideon had insecurities, and God moved through his insecurities. And the same thing is with us. See, God still wants to do great things through us. And I want to share this with you. Listen to what Jesus says in Mark eight twenty three. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. See, what is keeping us from walking in faith? What is keeping us from allowing God to do great things through us? See, our lack of faith will hinder the work of God. And we're going to talk about this because, see, for us to allow God to move powerfully, right, is that we need to take steps of faith. And this is what Gideon is going to encourage each and every one of us, to take these steps of faith. And taking a step of faith is critical. This is the key step. This is a key component or the key step, the initial step where God will meet you and God will do great things. It's taking that step of faith. And as we read Gideon's chapter 7, we're going to learn some great lessons when it comes to faith. And with that, let's go ahead and read chapter 7, and then we'll expound on every verse. It says here in verse 1 of Gideon 7, it says, I'm sorry, Judges 7. It says here, Then Jerubal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped besides the well of Herod. So that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hands have saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, Let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Purah, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and Amalekites... All the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of the Midian. Came to a tent and struck it that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise. For the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do, all, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me. Then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia toward Zeruiah. Zerariah, as far as the border of Abel-Meholah by Tabeth. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh and pursued the Midianites. Then Gideon sent messengers throughout all the mountains of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize from them the watering places as far as Beth-Berah and the Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered together and seized the watering places as far as Beth-Berah and the Jordan. And they captured two princesses of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb by the rock of Oreb and Zeb. they killed at the wilderness of Zeb. They pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side of the Jordan. You know, as we see here, right, as we see here the, the story of Gideon, we see this, this man that was extremely fearful and, and needed confirmation and needed signs, and, and he made so many excuses, and now God does an amazing work through him, right? He has an amazing victory over these enemies of God, the Midianites and the Amalekites. You know, as we we're talking about faith, right? We're talking about faith, and we're going to learn lessons of faith. The first thing that the Lord wants to talk to us about is really this taking a step of faith. These are the things that I talked as I introduce here the 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 chapter of uh, uh, chapter seven here in Judges. And as we've been talking about taking a step of faith, it's important that we understand here that. For Gideon, he took a great step of faith when he gathered these men, these 32,000 men, to fight against the Midianites. See, what made Gideon do this? See, in Judges chapter 6, verse 14, we, re- we read there that God had shared with Gideon that he was chosen by God to deliver the people from the Midianites. And in order to do this, right, he had called Gideon because the Midianites were coming year after year there to the land of Israel. And what they were doing is that they would come, these soldiers, right, these enemies would come into the land of Israel. 135,000 of these soldiers would come once a year and they would take all of their crops. They would take all of their produce. And... What happened to Israel, they became impoverished by this. They became poor. They were in poverty because of this. So so they were oppressed and afflicted by the Midianites with the Amalekites. And as we look at Judges 8.10, and he'll put it up on the screen, it shows us there that there were 135,000 of these soldiers that would come year after year. And they did this for seven years. And so what Gideon does is Gideon throws out the fleece. And many of us have heard the term the fleece, right? It's about receiving confirmation from God. And so Gideon in his fearful state, in his state of, uh, uh, of just uh, doubt and, and insecurities, he throws out a fleece asking God if he has truly been chosen by God that he would fill or drench the fleece with dew and the land would be dry. And then God does that, right? And then he tells the Lord, okay, if it is you that is calling me to do this, and make sure that the fleece is dry and the land is is wet. It's filled with dew. And so he does that. And so as we see this, right after this happens, Gideon is fully convinced that God has called him. And he's fully convinced that what God has spoken, that he's able to do. And so what happens here in verse 1 is that, Gideon finally takes this step of faith, and he gathers 32,000 men, and this is from verse 3, right? It tells us there that there were 22,000 people and 10,000, what, a total there, it it gives us a total of 22,000 plus 10,000, so that means that he gathered 32,000 men, and what he does is he takes these men, he takes these men to the camp of the Midianites, and the camp of the Midianites is it, it, it's filled where, with all these soldiers, right, these 135,000. So he takes them four miles south of this camp. And this is where basically his faith began. This is when he took a step of faith, and this is where the Lord would meet him. It's just like us. <clears throat> For each of us, when we take steps of faith, understand this, that God is going to meet you wherever you take that step. If you take... A small step, God will meet you there. He's just looking for men and women to take steps of faith. After he takes a step of faith, know one thing. There are lessons of faith that we're going to learn from this. And whenever you take a step of faith, your faith will always be tested. And that's the second lesson that we're going to learn here. And it's here in verse 2. It says, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel claim glory for itself against me saying my own hands has saved me. So we see here, right, that Gideon's all excited, right? He has 32,000 men and he's going to go against 135,000 but God tells, tells Gideon, he says, Gideon, guess what, that's too many. And so Gideon basically You know, has his faith here is tested, right? Because he's encouraged, right? He's encouraged 32,000 men to come alongside him. And we know that as we read verse 2 that God is going to test his faith. Look at what it says in James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The testing of faith. It happens. Anytime you take steps of faith, know this, that God will test your faith. And this is what Gideon does, right? Gideon steps out in faith, and God is immediately going to test it. See, this is a natural thing. Understand this, that whenever you walk by faith, know that your faith will be tested. And the reason why we receive tests in our faith is only to reveal whether our faith is real. See, the revelation is not for God, but the revelation is for us. See, because many of us will say, yes, you know what, I'm going to take a step of faith, right? We're going to walk by faith. But are you truly going to walk by faith, right, when the trial comes? Are you really going to continue to walk by faith, right, or as you take that step of faith, how do you know that your faith is real? See, God will test it. And this is what we see here. See, God wants Gideon to see his own faith in action. He wants to make sure that Gideon understands that he is truly walking by faith. See, God knows where our faith is, right? God knows the amount of your faith. God knows how great your faith is. God knows how weak your faith is. God knows the barometers of your faith. But do you know your faith? And this is what God wants to show us. He wants to reveal to us, do we know our faith? See, I remember, for those of you that were with us, I remember when we first started this ministry, and I remember the Lord moving me and leading me to to go to that small church there that's on Azusa. Many of you have seen it, and if you haven't, it's right next to the Pacific Palms or on Azusa. And I remember when I first got there, I went to them and I shared with them that, you know what, that the Lord has called me to plant a Calvary Chapel here and to use this church, right? It was a step of faith. And, and that's exactly what I told them, right? I, I shared with them. I said, you know what, God has put it upon my heart to plant a Calvary Chapel and to use this facility. And so, you know what, as I took that step of faith, God did an amazing work that he opened the door and he says, okay, you know what, meet with me in about two weeks and then we'll discuss it, right? And so after our discussion, guess what? The door was open. So I was on a high, right? I was on, a, on an extreme high thinking, man, look at this. God put it upon my heart. Go to this church. This is where I want you to plant it. And the doors are open. And this is what takes place. When we discussed the terms of the rent, he says, you know what? I'm only going to charge you $500. And, you know, for us, I mean, there was probably only 20 or maximum maybe 25 of us that were going, that, 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 that were that we're moving into that church. So I was thinking, okay, $500, that's great, right? That's affordable. Three months later, and we're still about the same size, right? He tells me, guess what? He says, you know what, I see that uh, there's, a, you know, there's a good number of you. I mean, he saw the activity going on, and he says, you know what? This church can't survive on just you paying $500, so I'm going to increase your rent to $1,000. And I'm just like, oh, Lord. <laughs> And I remember thinking, you know what? And I remember the words of Pastor Chuck. Where God guides, he provides. And I remember and I said, Lord, this is a testing here of my faith. And I know that where you're guiding me, you're going to provide for me. And this is what God does, right? This is exactly how he meets us, right? He allows us, you know what, as we take a step of faith, he meets us where we're at. He does an amazing thing. And then immediately, your faith is tested. Just to see, are you going to continue to walk by faith? Are you going to continue to to exercise this faith? I want you to see how your faith is. And this is what he reveals to us, right? And, And so we see these things going on. And as we go back to Gideon, right, God tells Gideon, hey, guess what, Gideon? You know what? These 32,000 men, they're too many. You know what? They're too many. They're too many to defeat the Midianites. And for Gideon, right, to hear these words, we're talking about a man that is fearful. We're talking a man that had doubt. We're talking about a man that made excuse after excuse. To hear from God, to tell him, guess what, these 32,000 that you had comfort in, guess what, they're too many. See, when we think about this, right, this could have really put Gideon over the edge, couldn't it? You know what, this could have been a place where where Gideon, you know, in the testing of his faith, he could have said, you know what, this is too much for me to handle. but see, God immediately tells Gideon why he does what he does. Here in verse 2, he tells them, you know what? He says, the people who are with you are too many. See, because if I give the Midianites into your hands, Israel will claim glory for itself instead of giving me the glory. See, what God was trying to tell Gideon is that, see, these 32,000, they will rob me of my glory, When this happens, understand this, and this happens time and time again. When God does great things, right? When God does great things through us, we always tend, or we tend to sometimes begin to receive it as if we're doing it. This is a natural thing, right? Because for us, we're we're naturally prideful men, right? We're naturally selfish people, right? This is the way we were brought up before we came to know the Lord, right? It's all about us, right? And there's this thing called pride that's deep within our hearts. And this is what the Lord is sharing here with Gideon is that these men are going to, you 32,000 will take the glory away from me. See, there is spiritual pride And this spiritual pride brings destruction. See, pride is deadly, and it will destroy anyone who walks in it. What happens many times as we walk with the Lord and the Lord begins to do things through us, somehow we begin to get puffed up. See, we begin to, to get puffed up in what God is doing through us. Of what God is doing through our ministries or how God is using me or how God is is doing these things through us. And what we tend to forget is that it is God that does these things through us. It's not in your strength that these things are done. It's not in your wisdom that these things are done. It's not in your power that these things are done. It is through the Lord that these things are done. It is He that does it. It's not us that do it. But see, we somehow get things mixed up, right? We sometimes get to things all backwards, and we begin to think that it's us that does these things. Look at what the Lord says in 1 Peter 4.11. He tells us there, right, that it is God who supplies. When he calls us into ministry, it is he that supplies everything. See, there's nothing that we do on our own. See, as a people of God, it is God that works in and through us. He's the one that does everything that we do in his name. He equips us, he enables us, and he does the work through us. See, what happens many times, as we're reminded here by the Lord, is that men and women of God begin to take the glory away from him. See, we begin to start taking credit, right, for God's work. We began to say that, you know what, God is doing it through us. Look at how God is working through my ministry. Look at, you know, we begin to boast in in all the things that God is doing, right? Really trying to bring attention to ourselves rather, rather than bringing the attention to the Lord. See, when all you talk about and if all you're doing is boasting in all the things that are going on in your life, in your ministries, then you need to examine your heart. Because, see, this is really revealing to us, really, that we're so full of ourselves, right? Because that's all we want to talk about as to what God is doing, what what I'm doing in the ministry, what what I'm doing for the Lord. See, the attention needs to go away from us, and it really needs to focus on just doing His work. You know what? Stop receiving the rewards of of man, right? Because God tells us that you're not going to receive the rewards from me. I remember... For a, year, for a couple years, I remember doing work for the Lord, and not anybody knew about the things that I was doing for the Lord, except my family, because they, were, they knew that I would be gone for, you know, three to four hours on a Saturday morning, and all I would do is I would go and I would minister to people, and I would share the gospel with them, and, and I would, you know, these people were coming to the Lord, and, and I would do this week after week after week, and for about a year and a half to two years, no one knew that I was doing this. And this was just between me and the Lord. I didn't have to boast about it. I didn't have to start sharing with the world and everyone. Guess how many people I'm bringing to the Lord. Guess what God is doing through me. Guess what this ministry is growing. You know what? It was just between me and the Lord. And see, and this is where God wants us to be. Because see, if we start taking the, 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 the glory away from the Lord, then God isn't going to be there. And I want you to know one thing about pride. Pride. Pride robs God from his glory. Pride robs God from his glory. And we know what he tells us in 1 Peter 5, 5, right? That God resists the proud but gives favor to the humble. This is what he says, right? This is a reminder for us that he gives favor, he gives grace to the humble. He pours out this favor upon the humble, as we keep reading here in Judges, in verse 3 it says, Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. These are the 32,000, right? When Gideon, when he, when he got the confirmation from the Lord, the fleece that was thrown out, you know what, he, he exhorted and encouraged 32 men to come alongside him to defeat the enemy and so what the Lord tells Gideon he told him these men are too many right he told them that in verse 2 and then he tells them now what I want you to do is I want you to tell all the men for those of you that are fearful you know what I want you guys to go home I want you to send them home see when we look at this right when we think about fear because this is what What God is saying here, you know what? I don't want those that are fearful. I don't want them fighting in the battle. See, fear spreads like cancer. And especially in these holy wars, right? And in any war, if there's fearful men, it spreads. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8. This is the Lord when he speaks of fearful men. It says, the officers shall speak further to the people and say, what man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, and let the heart of his brethren, f- and lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. So, what God is trying to say here: if there's men that are fearful and faint-hearted, let them go home, because see the, the his heart is gonna uh, bring others down. Right, his fearful heart, his faint heart, his his faint, his, 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 I should say. His faint-hearted heart (laughs) is going to bring others down. Have you ever seen kids that are afraid? You know, when one child begins to scream and cry and the child begins to be fearful, how many of the other kids do the same thing? They all start screaming, right? And all of a sudden, you have a whole classroom or a whole group of kids that are screaming. And they're crying, right, because they're afraid. See, it's the same thing. God knows that fear spreads like cancer. And this is what he's reminding us here. He's reminding us that fear is contagious. Just like men of faith are contagious, so are men of fear contagious. See, when we, know, when we look at both fear and faith, know one thing is that they are opposites of one another. And the reason I say this Is because one will swallow up the other. See, either either fear will overpower faith or faith will overpower fear. And we must decide to be men and women of faith. Because if we walk by fear, then understand this. Fear is going to swallow up your faith. And it's going to make you ineffective for what God has called you to do. See, fear will hinder the work of God. And this is what he's trying to tell them here. You know what? These fearful men, send them back home. All they're going to do is mess things up, right? All they're going to do is just, you know what? It's, it's, It's just hinder this victory that I have for my people. As we talk on faith, God wants to move powerfully. And when he talked to Gideon, about fears see Gideon understood this very well because see Gideon was a fearful man but see Gideon had replaced his fears with faith he wasn't one of those that walked away with these 22,000 he was just like them but see he allowed faith now to overcome his fears he allowed his faith to overpower his fears when you think about this, right, Gideon sees a th- two-thirds of his soldiers, of his men leave. He only has 10,000 left, right? There's only one-third that is left. And so let's go on because, see, fear can easily creep back in. And so let's look at this, right, as we go down to verse 4. It says, But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water. And I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So the Lord tells Gideon here, right? There's still too many. There's still too many men. These men are too many. And what I want to do is I want to reduce this number. I want to reduce this number to a number that will bring me glory and honor. And this is how God works, right? He knows the hearts of man. And so in verse 5, he tells them to do this. He says, So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, you shall separate apart from himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lap, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men, but all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. So what Gideon does here, right, he tells the men, go by the water, and I want you to drink water. And in the manner in which they drank the water was how God would choose the man that would fight this battle, the man that he would use to give him glory and honor. He says, for those men that get on their knees and drink the water right, drink the water from the river on their knees, then you know what, I'm not going to use those. But those that drink like a dog that laps water, those I will use. And what he means by this, right, is that those that went down, because he says that use their hand and drink water, just like a a dog will lap the water, right, those that get the water with their hand and begin to lap it from their palm are the ones that I'm going to use. And so, these are the ones that will determine who's going to go. And so, as he does this, right, there are 300 that do this. And for us, I know that many of us would think that this is foolish, right? That this is, you know what, why would God do this? Understand this, that God knows what he's doing. No matter what, God knows what what he does. No matter how foolish things look to us, God is... Working out his plan. See, when, when we look at the scriptures, right, God reminds us that, that the foolishness of God is wiser than man. He tells us this in 1 Corinthians one twenty-five, And he says, the weakness of God is stronger than men. And as we keep reading this in verse 7, it says, Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who laughed, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. So the Lord tells them, okay, these 300 men, the 300 men that lapped the water, those are the ones that I'm going to use. So this means that 9,700 men left. Okay? Gideon at this time, didn't think that there would be so little, right? And let me remind you of what's going on here. Because when we look at or when I brought you to Joshua 8 verse 10, we saw there that there were 135,000 soldiers of the enemy. Imagine this. I mean, let's get into this, right? As we look at this, right? Gideon. Sees his number reduced to 300 men. And he knows that the Midianites and the Amalekites are like the sands of the seashore. In other words, they're there on their camels, right? And they're ready to come into the land of Israel and to take all that they can. And they've been doing this year after year for seven years. And to see that his men have, reduced, have been reduced to two tenths. Of the size of his enemy. I want to remind you of something here. And this is something that for us is an important lesson. And we always throw this around. But I want you to take it to heart here. Because these two scriptures are important. especially when we see the world around us coming at us. And this is what I'm going to share with you. These two scriptures that if God is for you. Who can be against you? That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And these are critical when it comes to the Lord. Jonathan, you remember the son of King Saul, Jonathan, the one who loved David. Do you remember Jonathan and David had this kinship, right? They had a love for one another, a brotherly love. And in their brotherly love that they had for one another, Jonathan understood this principle very well. Look at what he says. This is Jonathan when he was going to fight the Philistines in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. Look at what he says. Jonathan says to the young man who bore his armor, his armor bearer, he says, it was two of them only. Come, let us go over to the garrison, to the garrison of these uncircumcised, the Philistines. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. See, Jonathan understood this. Jonathan understood that if God is on your side, then what else matters? It doesn't matter how many you are. It doesn't matter how great you are. If God is for you, who can be against you? And as we look at this, right, I want to show, I want to reveal this to you because time and time again, God has shown us that when he is on your side, God defeats the greatest of enemies. It doesn't matter the number of enemies. It doesn't matter how great the enemy is. It doesn't matter the size of the enemy. If God is for you, that's all you need. That's all the power. That's all the might. That's all you need to defeat the enemy. Do you remember, as, we've been, as we're going here, we're talking about the Israelites, when the Israelites were delivered from the Egyptians. This was a world power, right? And God delivered the Egyptians from the ha- I mean the, the Israelites from the hand of the Egyptians. Do you remember when David faced Goliath? David was a young, small man compared to a nine-foot-nine giant. Do you remember or do you know the story of, of King Jehoshaphat? He had three nations that were coming against him. And he was the same. They were small in number. He was the king of Judah compared to these nations. They outnumbered him. And God told him, you know what, the battle is mine. And he just told Jehoshaphat, all I want you to do is Go out the next, the next day, and all I want you to do is worship me. And as he did this, the enemies were struck down. The enemies were defeated. I want to talk most recently. How many of you have heard about the six-day war that Israel had with the United Arab Nations? It is an amazing story, an amazing event that happened in 1967. Egypt all of a sudden declares war on Israel. And Egypt brings allies or or, or brings some allies with him. He brings Iraq, he brings Syria, and he brings Jordan. And he brings these nations together to fight against Israel. And understand this, they outmanned, they outpowered, they outnumbered, Israel had less weapons. Israel had less military equipment. But it was because God was on Israel's side that they defeated these nations, all four of them. And in this defeat, this is when Israel got Jerusalem. They got the Gaza Strip. This is when they expanded, and this is how God works. See, I want you to always know that no matter your size, no matter your number, No matter who we are, if God is on our side, God is going to do great and powerful things. This is what we're seeing here through Gideon. 300 men to come against an army of 135,000 soldiers. This is amazing. See, this is why this story of Gideon lives through the history books for us to read it and to be encouraged to walk by faith. To know that when you take a step of faith, God will meet you where you're at. And God will do great things through you. All he wants you to do is step out. Take that one step and see what God is going to do. As we go back to Gideon, we must be reminded that he only has 300, right? And in having 300, he knows the mind of Gideon, right? Here, as we've been reading... We read here that in verse 8 that he, the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands and he sent away the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. So what we have here really is just Gideon saying, okay, you know what, we're going to, we only have 300, this is what the Lord told me to do. But within Gideon's heart, even when things like this happen, God knows our heart. And fear begins to creep in to Gideon, okay? Even though God is on their side, we know that God knows this about Gideon. See, as we examine the life of Gideon, Gideon was always fearful. He was fearful when God met him, and he was fearful as God spoke to him. And we're going to see this here also when As we read verse 9, it says, It happened on the same night that the Lord said to Gideon, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. Verse 10 says, But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Purah, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Purah, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men. Who were in the camp. Now, the Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as a sand by the seashore in multitude. See, one thing about the Lord is that God knows what's going on within us. See, especially as a leader, you're never gonna display any fear, right? You can't display fear. Otherwise, fear is like cancer, right? Fear is like a virus, like Ebola or whatever. It spreads quickly, right? And if the leader displays any fear, then everyone else will what? Do the same. But understand this about the Lord. God knows every one of his children. He knows their thoughts. He knows their ways. He knows everything about us. And I want to read to you from Psalm 139 to remind you of this. As we go into this next section, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. This is Psalm 139. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar of off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, you know it all together. See, God knows everything about you. He knows what's going on in your mind. He knows what's happening in your heart. He knows what what you're going to say before you even say it. He knows what you're going to do before you even do it. Even David says in verse 6, he says, this is over the top. I can't even fathom this. I can't even comprehend this. This is just too much for me to understand. See, the next section that we're going to talk about is faith that will be encouraged. Faith encouraged is the next lesson that we are going to learn. Look at what the Lord says in Matthew 17, 20. He says, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. See, when we are discouraged, especially when we see things not going our way, right? As we take a step of faith, our faith is tested. God knows that he also must encourage our faith. See, God knows this about people. He understands us as people. See, when Gideon saw the 300 men that were left with him to fight against 135,000, he knew that Gideon was afraid. He gave him the option. He says, because you're afraid, I want you to go with Purah, your servant, and I want you to go hear what, you're going to hear something that's going to encourage you. And so this is what he does. See, God needed to remove the fear from Gideon. Because if he didn't remove the fear from Gideon, then God wouldn't have the victory that he wanted. See, fears will hinder The work of God. God had to replace his thoughts, his fear, with faith. And as we know this, right, as we see this, God knows us very well. God knows you so well, as we read there in Psalm 139. And God can sympathize with us. And this is what he tells us in the scripture, right? He tells us in Hebrews 4 verse 15, he says that we have a high priest who cannot, sympathize, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So what he's trying to tell us is that I know what you guys go through. I was tempted. I was tested. I know these things, right? And because of this, I know what needs to be done with you. See, God knows how much we can handle. And God won't give us more than we can handle. And so God tells Gideon to go into the camp because he wants to strengthen his faith. I'm gonna share this with you. There have been these highs that I have had in my life, and then I've been tested with trials. And then I've come to a place where I'm just like, Lord, I need your encouragement. I need you right now. I am so discouraged that I need you. And God even knows that before I even ask Him, right? Because He already knows my thoughts. And see, there's nothing wrong in telling the Lord, you know what, I'm weak right now, Lord. I need to be encouraged. And the Lord meets us where we're at. Because somehow He will bring somebody to give you a word of encouragement, or God will do something amazing in your life, or he just meets you where you're at and he strengthens you, right? See, God does these things because he knows that we need to be encouraged at times. He knows, he can sympathize with us, right? This is what he tells us. I walked in that, on that earth with you. The Lord knew how it was to be tested, to be tempted, and he can sympathize with us. And as we see this, right, we know that, as we read here in verse twelve, that he was that there were just so many Midianites. It says that they were they were without number as a sand by the seashore. And so Gideon, in verse thirteen, says, "And when Gideon had come, when he goes into the camp, there was a man telling a dream to his companion." He said, I had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Gideon travels four miles. He goes into the camp of the Midianites. He hears these two soldiers talking. And as he hears these two soldiers talking, he hears one of them say, You know what? A loaf of bread came upon the a tent in Midian, and it destroyed the tent. And the other friend says, hey, you know what? This is Gideon. God has given Mi- the Midianites, God has given us into the hands of Gideon. See, God knows the things that we need to hear to encourage us. And immediately as Gideon heard this, what does he do? He goes back to the 300 men and he says, it's time. Let's go. God is with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let's go and let's go battle the enemies. See, for us, I want you to know one thing. When we are at our lows, God will send you a word of encouragement. Ask for it, right? Say, Lord, I need to be encouraged. You sympathize with me. I need to hear from you. Show me a word. Give me a word. Show me a sign or show me something that I can see that I can just hold on to. And when he gives it to you, I want you to learn a very important lesson that we're going to learn from Gideon. And this is a lesson that I think that many of us ignore or we don't do. Look at what he says at the end of verse 15. After he heard the telling of the dreamer in the beginning of verse 15 and its interpretation, what does Gideon do? He worships. When you are encouraged by the Lord, what do you do? Do you just run and you just say, awesome, you know what, and you go do what you need to do? Or do you do what Gideon does? Gideon worshiped the Lord. This is an extremely important lesson for us as a people of God, to know that when you are, you know what, when when your faith is tested and you're discouraged, and once he gives you that word, what are you you supposed to do? We're supposed to worship the king. We're supposed to thank him and worship him, and and you know what, you know what, get on our knees and praise him or raise your hands or, or whatever it is, we don't know what Gideon did, right? We don't know if he dropped to his knees. We don't know if he raised his hands. All we know is that he worshiped the Lord. And this is the same thing for us. Let us be reminded to worship the Lord as he strengthens us when we are weak. As he encourages us when we are discouraged. And then in verse 16 it says, Then he divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. Wash, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Think of it this way. This is an amazing strategy, isn't it? A strategy of a horn, of a pitcher, and of a torch. Imagine this. 300 men, right, to defeat an army of 135,000 men with a horn or, you know, I'm sorry, a, a trumpet, which was a horn, or and a pitcher, and a torch. I mean, think of it, right? We must remember that the Spirit of God fell upon Gideon. Always remember this, right? Every judge, remember, a judge was a deliverer of the people of Israel. He was also a ruler. He was a leader within Israel. And in order to do this, he had to have the Spirit of God that would fall upon him. And all Gideon did here was exercise wisdom. He says, just like David, right? You know what? My God is mighty and the battle belongs to the Lord. All I need is a trumpet or or a horn, a pitcher, and a torch. That's all I need. And with this, guess what? I'm going to defeat them. Because see, Gideon had the wisdom of God and he knew how to defeat them. He knew the strategy that it would take to defeat the enemy. And as we read, let's read what it, what it, what it does. It's in verse 19. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to, out, to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. See, Gideon, what happened here was that he had divided the three, as he told us previously, he had divided the 300 men into three companies. And when he divided the men into three companies, he told them, what I want you to do is I want you to follow me. When I blow the horn, you blow the horn. When I break the pitcher, you break the pitcher. When, when the torch lights up, you hold it just like I am. And then you shout. It's just, this is just so amazing, right? This is just like crazy stuff, isn't it? It's just like, right, like Joshua, right? When, when Joshua told him, When when God told Joshua, march around Jericho seven times and blow the trumpet and shout. And all of a sudden, everything's going to tumble. See, this takes great faith. To do what Gideon did is great faith. It's just not ordinary faith. This is great faith to say, you know what? Let's go around the camp of these Midianites that were there in, in the valley of Jezreel, right, in Megiddo. And what I want you to do is I want you to, we're going to surround them, right? 300 men are going to surround them. And we're going to do this. And then we're going to see what happens next. As it says here in verse 21. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. And when the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth-Akasha toward Zererah, as far as the border of Abel-Meholah by Tabith. What you have here is you have as these 300 men stay around the camp, around the enemy, and they do, they blow the horn, hold the pitcher, Break the pitcher and hold the torch. That the men of the Midianites and the Amalekites, they begin, fear creeps in. They cry out. They begin to flee. They run. I want you to know one thing that with this event, no one can explain it, right? How it happened. All you know is that what God said that they did, it worked. and he he was moved by faith to do it. And he defeated this army of 135,000 men. I want you to know one thing about, about victories. When there are victories in the Lord, when there are great things that the Lord does, when you can explain it, that means it's from man. But when you can't explain it, That means that it is from God. See, because God doesn't share his glory with no one. And I want you to know this, that there have been times when things happen within the ministry, within my life, and I'm just like, wow, look at what happened. You can't even explain it. Because you know that it is God that does it. It's not man that does it. And that's why when you see these things happening like this, you know that it is only God that could have done this. And this is the next section that we're going to talk about, which is faith that is rewarded. As we see here right in verse 22, it says that the 300 blew the trumpets. The Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled. Verse 23 goes on to say, And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh and pursued the Midianites. You know, as we see this, right, We see the victory that they have. And I want you to know one thing, that whenever you walk by faith, God will reward you. God will take care of things. God will do it. Look at what it says in Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, the Lord rewards your faith choice. This is what the Lord is trying to say here. He does an impossible work. God will reward you when you take that step of faith. He meets you where you're at. And he does an amazing work. See, God will never disappoint you. Whenever you take a step that God is asking you to take, God will never disappoint you. God will meet you and God will take care of it. This is why he says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to just finish here as we go on, as we read here at the end of verse 24 and 25. It says, Then Gideon sent messengers throughout all the mountains of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites, and seize from them the watering places as far as Beth, Baral, Baral, and the Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered together and seized the watering places as far as Beth, Baral, and the Jordan. And they captured two princesses of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeeb, they killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeeb, they killed at the winepress of Zeeb. They pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeeb to Gideon on the other side of the Jordan. We see here that as the men were fleeing, I just want to remind you of this, and we're closing with this, as the men were fleeing, remember there were only 300 of them. So they couldn't capture all of these that didn't kill themselves because, see, when when the trumpets were blown and the pitchers were broken, that the men started fighting one another. They started killing one another. Then they realized that, and then they started running. So Gideon couldn't capture all of these, right, because he's only 300. So God stirred up these other nations, I mean, these other tribes, Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh, and they pursued those that ran But then Gideon called the other tribe, Ephraim, and told them, where these those that escape, that need rest, they find a place of refuge and water, I want you to go and capture them and kill them. Destroy them. And this is what happens. And this is how this worked. This is how, by faith, by the faith that Gideon exercised, this was a victory that was accomplished. See faith how do we start as we started talking about faith right from hebrews 11:1 faith is seeing the impossible uh, faith is seeing the invisible and doing the impossible faith is seeing the invisible and doing the impossible gideon took a step of faith he didn't see what would take place he t- i mean he didn't he couldn't see it visually right but he knew that it would happen and he knew that god would do the impossible see as we are reminded today and i want to close with this when it comes to faith always remember to take a step of faith know that even though you take a step of faith that your faith will be tested But know that even when your faith is tested, that your faith will be encouraged. And know that when your faith is encouraged, that it will also be rewarded. These are the lessons of faith that we learn from Gideon. And these are the lessons that God wants us to take away with today. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in our lives, many of us are in a trial And we know that, you know what, we need our faith and courage. Many of us, (coughs) the Lord is asking us to take a step of faith and to see God do the impossible. Many of us have taken these and we're the recipients of the rewards that God is doing. No matter where you're at, you're going to go through these cycles. And yet we're reminded, just like Gideon, how God does great and mighty things by those who take steps of faith. And with that, we're just going to praise God as Gideon worshiped the Lord. Let us close. Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, as you just brought us the story of Gideon, Lord. And you reminded us of how this fearful man became a great man of faith that is listed in the, in the hall of faith. In Hebrews 11 and he's listed there only because he decided to take a step of faith that he decided to not allow his fears to overpower his faith but had his faith overpower his fears if there are many here and I want to start by just sharing with all of you that if there are some of you that may not have ever placed your faith in the Lord And you hear an encouraging story like this one of how God can work powerfully through men of faith and you want to dedicate yourself to the Lord. You want to commit or recommit yourself to Him, I'm going to give you that opportunity to do so now. If there's anyone here that wants to commit, recommit, just place your faith in Jesus Christ and let Him just transform your life and do some amazing, crazy things through you that are praiseworthy for his glory and for his honor and if you want to place your faith in Jesus raise your hand and we're going to pray for you anybody wanting to do that here there's anybody that wants to do that raise your hand now and we will pray for you anyone wanting to do that now anyone wanting to do that before we close anyone I want to share this with you for those of you as you have already placed your faith in Him, if if you're struggling with your faith, if you're maybe just not walking in faith, or maybe you need encouragement, I want to pray for each one of you. And if you want to receive these prayers, I want you to just I want you to stand up, and we're going to pray for you. Stand up and we will pray for you now. If there's anyone here that needs this, a prayer, if your faith is, you're struggling with your faith or you need your faith to be encouraged, stand up and we will pray for you. Anybody wanting this? Anybody needing this? Stand up. Anyone? Anyone struggling with their faith? anyone amen anyone anyone else amen anyone else anyone else struggling with your faith amen anyone else bring it to the Lord this is why we're doing what we're doing now You're going to bring it to the Lord. Anyone else before we close? Anyone else? For those that are standing, Lord, you know where they're at. We just heard that as we take steps of faith, We know that there's trials that come before us. We know that we need encouragement. We know that some of these are faith is being tested. Lord, you know where each and every one of them are. You know their position and you know their thoughts as you reminded us. You know everything that's going on in their lives. And all they're doing now is they're just crying out to you, Lord, and asking you. To encourage them. To meet them where they're at. To carry them through. To have victory in and through these trials. Lord, we know that your word tells us, for without faith it is impossible to please you. And you are a reward of those who diligently seek you these that are standing here are seeking you these that are standing here are are asking you to pour out your strength and your power upon them and to overflow from each and every one of them Lord you know their weakness and we just pray that you would fall afresh upon them Holy Spirit baptize them empower them renew them fill them, and strengthen them. And may your power just overflow from each and every one of them. Lord, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. And may they worship you, Lord, as you answer these prayers. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. And if uh, any of you would like prayer for these situations, we have here Tony to my right that would that is here to pray with you. God bless you all.